For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of Brain Dumb by The Fail Coach. And again, we're doing an interview, and I have today Mike Young with me here to do this show. And, uh, you know, just to make it short, Mike, uh, would you please introduce yourself to the audience, who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, I'm glad to. Um, Mia, it's a pleasure to, ha- to be on the show. I just really appreciate you having me on. I'm known as the makeover master, but I really deal with brand strategy. Um, I, I think I'm semi a unicorn in the industry as we, we basically help clients know how they need to look with their personal brand as, and then actually what they need to say and do. And then we help them with their offer strategy as well, as far as where are we driving all this traffic organically and paid ads to convert more clients into business, you know? Okay. That sounds interesting. And, um, do you more work with, uh, people? So, you know, like influencers, experts, uh, coaches, consultants, or you are more focused on the entrepreneurs and let's call that real businesses. Yeah, I, we, we primarily work with people that want to build a personal brand around themselves and they have something to say or sell. So they, they kind of have been through that phase of, I'm unsure of who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it's, it's more of the people that have, have gone through the couple of years it takes to say, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who I, um, who I help in the marketplace, but I'm not selling enough of what I've got. I'm not helping enough people. And so we work with a lot of personal brands to essentially bring all that hard work into a cohesive message and a cohesive strategy so that new entrepreneurs or new people that run into you for the first time, they actually can figure out what the heck you do and they want to take action with you. Okay. Well, I mean, before we dive into how to solve that, maybe a good thing would be to start what are, you know, some of the most common problems that you see uh, with your clients before they come to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the reason I'm so passionate about doing what I'm doing is I was my ideal prospect. You know, uh, I, I ran a mortgage company up until 2008. I decided I wanted to play in the entrepreneurial game and and do things on my own and and create my own brand. And um, I went through from 2008 to 2014, really. Um, I went through a process where I was trying a lot of stuff. I was buying all the right things, you know, all the, the courses and the software. And I was going to the events and the seminars and still found myself after six, seven, eight years in a place where it wasn't working. Um, I was extremely frustrated and, and I think looking back to answer your question, most of the game is internal mindset work and clarity. Um, I think that so many people that I meet with don't get what they want because they're not able to articulate what they actually want. And I think that's, that's a huge missing piece in the beginning. That's, that's our process is not fast but we make sure that we're really damn clear on what we're trying to accomplish before we start designing things. Uh, and so, so, re- so that's, so that's the biggest that. thing I see missing is, is clarity, clarity, not only on what people want, but clarity on what to do next. Yes, absolutely. I mean, 
I, I talk often about this and I refer to it as this huge infobesity that's surrounding us, uh, overload of information and, uh, you know, so many different blueprints and uh, everybody is talking about their method and, and only their method is the best. But then, you know, you go out there, you start Googling, you start YouTubing and uh, there are 20, 30, 50 methods and uh, it creates uh, such confusion because you, you, you suddenly you have no idea what your next step should be. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's information overload. Uh, we're in the information age um, and it's, it's massively too much generic advice and not enough step-by-step tactical advice on that specific individual because, because that, and that was the problem is I had, I had Infusionsoft and I went to their conference. I had lead pages and I went to their conference. I had, you know, all of these courses I bought between 2004 and 2014, I'd spent over $200,000 buying all the information so I found myself with this wealth of information and I actually had the knowledge of how it all worked and my stuff still wasn't working because I was too close to my own problem and I didn't know exactly what to do next. And for me, I think I, think I was lucky in the sense that I was highly committed and extremely patient or there's no way I would have made it through that eight and a half year period. And I began, things began working and I began seeing that things were working and I got fascinated with documenting the process. I was, I was like, that just worked when the previous two years of stuff hasn't worked. Why did that work? And then I, I it kind of sent me down a rabbit hole of studying um, sociology and human psychology and like, why do people actually buy things and why do they do what they do? Um, and so that, that was the process for me was things began to work and I began figuring out why they were working. And, and that led me to write a book that led me to build my own courses. Um, but it was very much eight and a half years of information overload for sure. Okay. I mean, if you don't mind, I would, I would want to stay a little bit still in the struggle part. Mm. Um, and, um, just, you know, like. Maybe if you could give a few like very uh, concrete examples, like maybe, you know, like um, somebody, uh, I don't know, is trying to convey um, what different messages or they don't know how to uh, apply the message to the platform or, you know, like what are some of the like real problems that you see with people who um, before they come to you when they're still struggling? What yeah, this, I mean, it's a good, it's a good question. Um, I, I was, I was going to joke with you and say, I want to stay away from the struggle because I struggled for so long. Um, but, but I think, I think in the struggle in the beginning, number one, it's, it's a lot of internal work that needs to happen for most entrepreneurs. You have to, you have to feel worthy that, that getting paid to do something you love is, is worth it. Um, and, but I, I think the biggest problem to get more specific is that in that, in that early stage, entrepreneurs desperately need to put money in their bank account and food on their table and keep a roof over their head. And so the money conversation is the real struggle on primarily why people buy from you is that you show enough proof that people get results with your products and services and you are an expert at your craft. And so showing that proof in the beginning is hard, but so what people do, the mistake that they make is they go way too wide with their marketing message and they go way too wide with their products and services because there's such a desperate need for sales. They try and sell everything to everyone. And so your, your marketing message becomes drowned out with general generalities. And the, the trick is to eliminate all that crap and all the noise in your head and say, look, I, ha- I have these entrepreneurs a lot of times are willing to take the risks and they're, they're great at coming up with ideas. 
the the key is to say I've got a hundred different ideas on how I could on how I could make money and deliver value to the marketplace. The key in the beginning is going down to one of those ideas for one specific niche to one specific audience, because then your marketing message can actually hit home and speak directly to your target audience. The the other ninety nine ideas and the other the other things that you have are still there. But what I see in the beginning is people try to tackle all hundred ideas at once because they they're so desperate for cash. And so they're, they become wildly confusing to new prospects and new prospects run into, let's say your website and your social media. Those are the two big ones, but they run into you for the very first time and they're wildly confused at what you do, who you help, how you help them, because you're trying to sell everything to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I I absolutely agree with you. I do remember, I, I'm not sure whether I did an interview with that person or I just talked with them, but um, I remember one one uh, gentleman who was explaining, he's also in marketing and he has this, the rule of ones, or I think it's seven ones, you know, like, one niche, uh, one product, one social media, uh, one, 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 and uh, to get to six figures just by the, using the rule of ones. You know, um, it's important to talk about that because because our brains have cognitive dissonance, which just means we can't hold two competing thoughts at the same time. And so... The way that that I usually tell the story to describe it is let's just say that you've worked with me before and you go to one of your best friends and you're like, man, you got to work with Mike. Like he's, he's the master at what he does. He helps people look the part with their brand and shows them exactly what to do next, which, which are the two big problems is people don't look the part and they don't know what to actually do. Um, if they go to my website and my website was put up last week by uh, on Squarespace or Wix, and I'm trying to sell four products. Let's say I have a podcast product. I've got coaching. I've got this other thing. There's a disconnect that happens in the brain. They're not able to make one decision at a time. And so the, the you need to think about that from new prospects are getting to know you from the very, like, you know yourself, you know all the work you put into your business, but new prospects are getting to know you for the first time and they can only focus on one thing at a time. So when they get referred to you, what's the one thing that you want new prospects to think? And what's the one thing that you want new prospects to do? And so a lot of times what people do in the beginning is they try and get people like, Oh, well, I could help you with coaching. I could help you with podcasts. And so cognitive dissonance can't figure out which step to take. When if you just said, hey, there's there's a million ways to succeed at this game. Let me share the seven secrets that entrepreneurs need to know and opt in here. And that's the one decision to make on your site. Then they can Then they can focus and say, well, he's not asking me for much. He's asking me for an email. Um, this is a simple decision to make. And if I get this, I get this deliverable. I get the seven secrets and, and you need to start every relationship just like you, you know, met your girlfriend or your spouse or your wife or your boyfriend or whatever is, is every relationship has to start from scratch and you have to give people a normal first step to interact with you and a normal place where they get to know you better. And ultimately they buy from you, but that need for cash in the beginning leaves most entrepreneurs skipping steps. They're going for the short-term result instead of the long-term. And and I guess the only thing I'll add to that is my average client takes about six months before they buy from me. They're, they're lurking, they're following, they're paying attention for about six months before they reach out and say, hey, I think I want to work with you. And And so if you're always in that desperation mode, you never get the opportunity to work with those people that are just waiting to see if you're legitimate and if you're done hopping around. Very, very, very solid advice. Yeah, it, it like when you mentioned, you know, like the wives and, and, and all of that, it made me think like <clears throat> how so many new, uh, new entrepreneurs and there's a huge abundance of entrepreneurs, um, uh, or people entering entrepreneurial world every day, 
Um, they just want to go straight for the uh, pop the question for the marriage uh, on, on the first date. Like, yeah, and I like think get that analogy. Well, I mean, I think if you if you take that same analogy and you're you're in college or or you're 21 or whatever, and you just go to the bar and you just go straight for it, like straight for it, you know, hey, nice to meet you. Do you want to have sex tonight? You you're gonna get a very low conversion percentage. You're gonna build a bad name for yourself over time. You're going to get occasionally slapped in the face. Uh, there's all there occasionally you will find somebody that says, yes, that's, that's okay. But I think, I think there's a better way to play the game and a more patient way to play the game where by the time you ask the important question, almost everybody says yes. And they're glad to say yes. Mike, now that you were explaining this, you know what popped into my head? (laughs) All the, all, all the, all the intro messages I get on LinkedIn every day. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, people just going for the numbers. But okay, let's let's move away from the struggles. And uh, I mean, would you be open to like walking us a little bit through the process? Like, what are the steps that you normally take? Uh, I'm guessing the first one is probably uh, pick your niche. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you do the talking. Like, how how do you help them with the brand makeover? Uh, what's the process? What are the steps? Yeah, the the process, I call it the four clarity pillars. Um, the four clarity pillars are you need tremendous clarity on who you are, what you stand for, what you stand against. So my clients, um, there's something we have that's called the authentic movie role. Um, but essentially, we get down on paper what do I stand for? What are my values? What are my belief systems? What are my, what's my tagline? Not only what you stand for, but what you stand against. And you create a role and it's not, the reason I call it an authentic movie role is it's not about faking anything. It's not like you're an actor and you're just going to make up a role to play in the marketplace. You're taking things that already exist and things you're already passionate about and you're just getting them down on paper. So you're extremely clear on what you want new prospects and lurkers and people to think about you. And so, you know, my values are commitment and freedom and all these things. I've got a tagline. I've got, I've got the fact that I hate traffic. Um, I buy my kids donuts. It's all these little things that, that make up me as a brand. And I need extreme clarity in myself first. Because how can I get the audience or new prospects or people that are watching me to perceive me as I want to be perceived if I'm not clear on who I am? And and the piece that people miss there a lot of times is being against something. Have clear enemies that you're actually against because what you're trying to do is attract your ideal prospects to follow you and buy from you. And the only way you can do that is to share who you are. And, and so that's the first piece, clarity on yourself. The second piece is clarity on who your ideal clients are. And you want to know your ideal clients better than they probably know themselves. The way I usually describe it is you want to know the conversations your ideal clients are having with only their best friend or their spouse. Like you don't everybody wants to create this ideal customer avatar and they're like, well, my ideal customer is 35 and she's blonde and she lives in Minnesota or whatever. And that stuff is all surface layer. You want to know that that person's trying to become a principal and she's currently a teacher and she's deeply resentful that she went to Harvard and the principal of her school went to Western Oregon State University and she's pissed off about it. And she's pissed off that the principal has higher status than her, that people look up to her. And she feels like her $200,000 Harvard education should have gotten her more. If you know those internal conversations your clients are having, then your copy and your marketing can speak to those things. It can speak to their deep, hidden insecurities, their fears, their doubts, their dreams, their hopes. But you have to know who your ideal clients are on a very deep level. The, the third clarity pillar is you have to know exactly how you're going to provide value to your ideal clients. So you need clarity 
on how you deliver products and services to your ideal clients. And what and and when you nail that game, people are glad to trade their money for your product and service. And at the end of the process, they're glad to tell their friends, refer you to other, leave reviews. That's when you've proven your business models, when you've got clarity on what you actually deliver that people are happy to pay for. And then the fourth clarity pillar um, that's kind of the next level for people is they need to get clear on how human beings work. And when you have all four clarity pillars, you know how human beings work, you know how you deliver your products and services, you know who you deliver them to, and you know what you stand for and what you stand against, you've essentially won the game. Um, so that's where we start. We start with clarity on all those things. And then it, it goes into a different phase, which is the building phase of all of it. Which, and that, and that just comes down to how do we look the part of who I want to be perceived as in the marketplace? How do we give my new audience a simple one place to start the process of getting to know me better? And then, and then really, what do I do and what do I say consistently in my posting and in, in what they're seeing online so that they build trust that I actually am who they perceive me to be from the beginning. And what I mean by that is it's very easy to put up a website and say, I help people build websites. It's another thing to actually prove it to your audience because the last six months of your po your posting on social media is is all about clients getting satisfied results with you building their websites. Those are two wildly different things, which is it's one thing to say what you do. It's another thing to prove it. Okay. Um, I want to ask you one thing. So you said deep level of understanding of who your ideal client is. Mm. How do your or how can we get to that clarity like what are some of the action steps that we can do to really dive deep and understand our ideal clients on a deeper level fastest way is to um think back at four or five people that are your ideal clients um meaning that you've you've served them in the past or you've worked with them and they were like you're like you look back and you can't believe how well that went they were they were easy to buy they bought from you quickly they um they went through the process they're so ecstatic they told 50 people they asked if they could leave you reviews anywhere like it was like the ideal client like if i had more of you i would be living my dream Gather up those five or six people and interview them and just say, would you, would you mind? I, I would love to uh, buy you Starbucks or I'd give you, I'll give you a book or whatever. If you'd spend a half an hour with me for me to ask questions and you need to ask the right questions, which are, tell me how you felt before. Tell me where you were trying to get to. Tell me um, what, what were your deepest hidden fears before starting with me? What were your insecurities? What were, you know, like all these little questions to really get to know who they are. Because what you'll find is when you just take that interview, take all their words and these, it's like gold. These words just pop up in front of your face and you're like, oh, are you, are you trying to become a principal of a school, but you're irritated because uh, the principal actually went to a community college and you went to an Ivy League school? You know, you see how you can reverse engineer the copy based on what they say. So that's the absolute fastest way. You can kind of guess at it, but why not take people you've already worked with that are your ideal and just find out everything you can about them. Find out all their hopes and dreams and how they felt before and after and all their insecurities and use that languaging in your copy. Mike, another question. <clears throat> in the first uh, pillar, um, you mentioned we have to know what we stand for and also what we stand against. Um, does that apply only to what's applicable in your business or should we also share 
I don't know. I'm trying to come up something that's non-political because I don't want to go that way. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like, I don't know. Let's say, um, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm vegan, which has nothing to do with, you know, the business coaching that I'm doing. And I stand clearly against people who eat cow meat. Um, and, you know, should, do, do I communicate those things or there are there are you you definitely communicate those things if it's something you're passionate about and you believe in there are levels to it where um let's use religion as an example let's just say i'm deeply religious in um mormonism or something like that if it's a red line for you or a line in the sand where when I work with every time I work with a Christian, let's say um, like I have the worst experience. Like if they don't have the faith I have, it's bad for me as, as a business, as a brand, then you make that clear to your audience. If you don't want to exclude those people, I see people do that with just the simple thing of like men and women. I work with women who do X, Y, Z. Well, if it's not actually imperative, if they don't actually hate working with males, they only hate working with a certain type of male. There's no reason to exclude that, that half of the population in your, in your marketing. So I think, I think it's important that you get clear on what your red lines are. And so for, for the, and this is going to sound really dumb, but what I've found is that like in my marketing, if, People that want to get into my free group and my free community where we talk about branding and I have a free training and all this stuff. One of the questions is, what is your email? That's a red line in the sand for me moment for them. If they're not willing to give up their email to get into a free community where I'm giving education and advice and training, then they don't get into the community. And the reason it's a red line for me is that archetype of person is deathly afraid that the Russians are stealing their information, that everything's a scam, that every, you know, like, and so if they, if they're not willing to give up a, an email for a free opt-in or a free community, they don't make it into my next step into my world because it's a, it's a bad archetype of person for me because they're so, they're so suspicious of everything. That means my sales call is going to be hard. That means they're going to question everything through the process. Um, another one is, uh, so like one thing is gifts, like, you know, the, the animated gifts that everybody uses. I love gifts. And so it's very clear to my audience that I love gifts. And if you really don't like gifts, I, I probably am not going to have a good working relationship to you. That's not a red line for me. Like if somebody really doesn't like gifts and everything else is great, I will gladly still work with them. But if they won't give up their email or if they or if they want um, to take control of the design process and give give us all their input on colors and fonts and things that they're clearly not an expert at, then that's another red line. So you have to know where your boundaries are. And the only way to do that is to get very clear on what your boundaries are and what you want and get them down on paper. OK, Mike, just, you know, like a, a little uh, FYI. I, I don't give out my email uh, when they ask me for, but it's not that I think that my information will be stolen. It's just that uh, my inbox is already so freaking full and I work so hard every week to get it as close as possible to inbox zero that um, I, 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 I just try not to give my email if it's not absolutely necessary uh, and i and i totally understand that and i respect it i respect that other people have their views but i have enough clarity around my mission no, to no. realize that there's 7.49 billion other people out there and i can gladly find my 100 clients a year you know what i mean it's like no no yeah so, absolutely absolutely yeah but but yeah i mean that's that's a great it's it's just I think it is. It's, it really does come down to a lot of the game is mindset and clarity in the beginning. Because if you're clear on what you want, how you want to be perceived, how you help people, and then you understand how what people actually buy, like why do people actually buy things and stuff, then 
the game really does become simplified. What what happens um, on the flip side of the conversation, Mia, is the information overload when you have clarity is no longer information overload. Absolutely. Because you, you see everything that you need to make your brand work so clearly because you have clarity on what you want. Absolutely. So the, the reason it's information overload to people is they're not clear on what they actually want and what they're doing and what they're saying and how they're doing it. So they're seeking for that answer from outside. And, and it doesn't matter, click funnels, lead pages, Infusionsoft, any of the tools out there will never give you the clarity from the inside that you need. Absolutely. The tool is just a tool. You need to uh, have the clarity. And I would even go beyond and say that clarity bl- brings you focus. And when you're focused, you, you, you will not uh, fall into procrastination and so on. But hundred uh, percent. And you don't fall into motivational yeah. downtime. Yeah. So like it's, it's uh, the reticular activator in your brain. You know, if you say like, don't think of the big pink elephant, the first thing we all do is we think of a big pink elephant. And, and if you are very clear on, I want this type of person and the first step I want them to take is opt into this thing. Your not your marketing message becomes clear. Your the tools you need to make that happen become clear because you have clarity on what you want to have happen and how you're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that I want to go from here, if you don't mind, like just yesterday, um, uh, are you familiar with the Facebook group, The Coaching Jungle? I'm not, actually. Oh, it's quite a big group. Uh, um, and it's run by uh, Mark. And um, I honestly don't know how to spell his last name. But the topic of the, of the podcast was uh, polarizing. And, you know, now that we were talking a little bit with you about knowing what you stand for, knowing what you stand against, and then communicating both aspects, um, we kind of go into the, you know, the polarizing thing. And, and I really just, uh, you know, want to hear what's your opinion or how would you suggest our audience to either use polarizing, not use it, use um, uh, positive polarizing, negative polarizing, like just what's your take on the whole polarizing thing? Yeah, I'm glad to, I'm glad you asked that question. It's a really good question. And I'm glad you said positive and negative polarizing because I think you go back to the root of the word and, and you just realize that the poles like north and south pole of the earth those are the extremes right the only way to be extreme left or extreme right is to know what the middle is and the middle is what you stand for and so if you are clear on what you stand for and stand against and you communicate that there's nothing you can do to not be polarizing because if you are a hundred percent vegan and that's your belief, somebody that believes that only eating meat is the proper diet, you are extremely polarizing to that person. And so there's nothing you can do to avoid polarization. I think the marketplace in general, when I see them talk about it, is they they think it's some sort of a, a business play, like, oh, I need to be polarizing. And most people think to be polarizing, I need to be um, I need to be negative or, or say things that are on the edge of appropriateness, like Howard Stern, um, or my buddy, Mitch Miller, you know, like <laughs> yeah, Mitch, you, yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't need to ruffle people's feathers intentionally. You'll do it. If you have a strong belief system on what you stand for and what you stand against, you'll do it naturally. Like when, when, when people like the thing that makes like a Howard Stern polarizing, like, like his audience is people that love him and hate him. And actually the people that hate him listen to his show two minutes longer than the people that love him. He's, he's just, he's not afraid to say what he wants to say. And that creates polarization because he tends to push the boundaries on what, what some people would call inappropriate. Um, but to the people that love him, they love him. They would fight for him. They'd die for him, you know, and the people that hate him, they're still listening to a show. 
And, and I think that's, that's a big part of polarization is like, you have to, you have to do the shortcut to the entire branding game is keep, keep the attention of your audience, uh, which pretty much means that you need to have some form of entertainment or polarization to keep the attention. If they think that they've exactly figured out you and what you do, it's, it's time for a commercial break. It's time for Netflix. It's time to follow somebody else. If they think they figure out exactly who you are, they will go, they will go seek entertainment from some other source. And the second piece that you need to show that I see people make mistakes on, you need to show over show proof that you do what you say you do and you do it well. And I see a lot of brands that, and businesses that say, well, I don't want to really, I don't want to like I did this, I did this great thing for this client and I did this podcast interview and I don't want to post it all the time because I don't want to feel like I'm bragging. But just realize that you not posting proof is stopping somebody that needs your help from working with you. So if you really believe in what you do, if you're a fitness coach, if you're uh, running online uh, advertising for small businesses. If you believe in what you do and you have a product and service, you have to get comfortable with yourself and your message. And you have to get comfortable with continually showing proof to your audience that you're damn good at what you say you are. Okay. I agree. Unless you're bound by NDAs and then you have to be quiet, but that's another topic. Yeah, there's there's different industries, right? Like mortgage, finance, uh, weight loss. Like there, there's different ways that people have to get creative with advertising and compliance issues in those industries for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we went through these steps. And how important or, you know, like what it is that, that you do once you get all the information out from an entrepreneur, how do you tie all of that together? You know, like you mentioned graphic design fonts, uh, I'm guessing uh, writing the message, helping them with, you know, scripting what they should do for the videos. Like, do you really go like hands in approach or how, how do you do what you do? Yeah, I think it's um, f figuring out where are your ideal clients hanging out. Um, most clients are hanging out on social media in some phase. So, you know, for me, it's it's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. And how do I consistently communicate my message to those platforms? And And it is literally just the execution phase of it. Once you kind of are clear on all that stuff, it's, it's putting it down on, okay, I need to be on Facebook and I, I've got a Facebook business page. I've got an Instagram, I've got a LinkedIn, and I've got my website. What is the actual plan for those four platforms and how consistent can I be? Because if I'm not going to be consistent, then you might as well not do it at all. Um, consistency is a huge piece of the equation. It allows you, the audience to trust that you, you do what you say you do. So, um, that's it. I have a, I have a full design team that is much more of an expert in fonts and colors and placement and high resolution images than I am. Um, they take all the designs. So we build the website, we get the social media to all line up with the same look, the same messaging, and usually the same starting place. So that way it doesn't matter if you run into me on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or my website you know that to get to know me better for, for me is to join our free Facebook group. Um, some other people, it might just be an opt-in. But, but getting those things congruent to line all up and, and basically look professional. Um, does this look... I think the, the subconscious conversation in your prospect's mind, when it's, when, it, when it's done by yourself or it's done on Wix or it's done on Squarespace or something like that, the conversation is how good of a chiropractor could this be? Because they clearly don't have enough money to even get their messaging and their look right on their website and their social media. And so it's it's like this success conversation that prospects have in that the, the cognitive dissonance is going on. It's like Mia said, Mike Young's great, but then I see his stuff and something feels off. 
and something feeling off is enough of a reason not to start the process with you. Yes, absolutely. And going, I, I think going back to the bar analogy, just imagine, you know, there's, there's two girls at the bar you show up to. One of them literally smells and looks homeless. The other one just looks like you're kind of something that you're going for. You may never get the opportunity to know that the one that looks smelly and homeless, like that might be the better person that might be the better fit. But a lot of times you're not going to give that person the try because they just didn't pass that that first inspection test. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, you, you have to you have to bring everything together and it needs to paint the, the, the whole picture. Um, you mentioned you mentioned that you're you're, you're you know, like your ecosystem where you start the whole nurturing process from know over to like over to trust is is your facebook group now many also use email marketing um mm -hmm. do you know of any other online ecosystems where you know you have more influence in in, in ways where you can push your message across instead of hoping for the algorithm to do that for you um that uh, maybe some of your clients are using that are, I don't know, let's say more on LinkedIn or, you know, so they're not on Facebook where, you know, you do the Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, there are literally a million ways to play the game for most people. They try and play too many ways at once too early in their entrepreneurial journey. You, you can take uh, maybe Gary Vaynerchuk as an example, Gary V and say, he kind of seems like he's playing the game on every platform, email, LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat. He's, a, he's like everywhere with the same message and the same consistency. So that's like an extreme, you know, if you talk about polarization, that's one extreme is that, you know, one guy with a team of 27 people just for his brand, you can be everywhere and be everything. For most of us, it's a process to get there. And so you have to pick a few things in the beginning. For me, it was like, how do I get consistent on Facebook, on a Facebook business page and on my website? And that's where I started. And then I brought in Instagram and then I brought in LinkedIn. Um, there, there's so many ways to play the game, but the way to do it is you need to think about the basic numbers. Um, how many new people found out about me today in any way? How many of those people clicked on my website? How many of those people were retargeted to my first step or know what my first step is to get to know me better? And then how many of those people ultimately end up on a sales conversation and end up buying from me? If you focus on those numbers, um, a lot of things get highlighted very quickly because if you, a lot of entrepreneurs are like, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm, I'm frustrated, I don't have any sales. You say, okay, how many new people found out about you today? How many people opted into your first step? And how many people hopped on a sales call? And how many people bought from you? And, and most entrepreneurs in the early stage, they don't know their numbers. But if they do know their numbers, it's like, well, 50 people, zero, 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 and zero. And so you're like, well, that's your problem. You're, how are you going to ever sell something if you're not having sales calls? And so you need to focus on those numbers. Um, but I would say to, to try and answer your question in specifics, I would say you can do it through blogs. You can do it through LinkedIn. You can do it through advertising. You can do it through a podcast. Podcasts are a great way to do it. Um, just gets you in front of new eyeballs all the time. Okay. Um, Mike, are we missing something in, you know, like maybe I haven't asked you something that you want to share um, to finish up this whole process or have we covered most of the spectrum? I think we've covered most of it. I would just say when things feel overwhelming and confusing because of information overload, you just need to go back to the basics. The basics are you need to look the part. You need to have a message that's continually going out to new people. 
and you need a process that people actually convert into sales calls. And so looking the part, you need to decide where am I going to look the part? Where are my ideal clients hanging out? And make sure you look the part across all the platforms you choose to be on. The, the what to say and when to say it, that just goes into brand strategy and getting clear on what your message is. And uh, like I have a strategy for every single platform. Um, in the beginning, I didn't. I just was kind of winging it. And so it's like every single little piece of my business has a strategy and a system and a platform on how we can be consistent. So I would just say go back to the basics if you feel overwhelmed. And and do I look the part? Is my am I consistent? And do I have a strategy that's that's consistently converting new prospects into calls? That's some really solid advice. Mike, <clears throat> you really, really shared, in my opinion, a whole bunch of value bombs um, through this interview. But I always like to you know, ask my guests to present the person behind the, the business um, just so that my audience can get a glimpse of you know, who's Mike. Um, so is there like anything uh, you could share with us to let us in a little bit in, in your private life? Sure. Um... I am married. I've been married for 13 years. I have two kids, a 10 and a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old daughter, 12-year-old boy. Uh, my day now is is really, I, I still kind of shake myself because I struggled for a long time figuring the game out. Um, now I, I wake up, I have an exercise routine. I come in, I get my thoughts clear. I usually have a sales call or a podcast or a client meeting. Um, a couple of those, and then I go enjoy my family time. That was not always the case. I was, I spent a lot of time struggling and trying to figure it out. Um, and a couple of quirks about me. I just, I really don't like it when people crunch food around me. <laughs> and so that's <laughs> something that drives me insane. I don't know why, but it's, uh, it's chips and ice. And if you're crunching food around me, I just, I'll, I'll leave the room. <laughs> okay no that that's that's an interesting information uh mike okay i mean we already talked a lot about you know how you help your clients and and uh who's your ideal client but maybe like just to recap it quickly like you know from people listening to this podcast like um who should reach out to you and where should they start i guess your website and then they opt in for the facebook group Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll actually give one last tip, Mia, like the, the ultimate, this is the ultimate tip. Um, if you're trying to accomplish something, get clear on what you're trying to accomplish and what that looks like. Find somebody that's already done it and offer to pay them, um, hire them as a mentor or a coach, offer to work with them for free. Do whatever you can to surround yourself with people that have already done what you're trying to do because almost every question's already been answered for you. It'll dramatically speed up your learning curve. If I had done that in 2008, if I got clear in week one on what I wanted to do and I found somebody that had already done it, I would have had the game figured out for sure by 2009 or 2010. Um, it took me, it took me all the way till 2014, 15 before I started asking for help. And so I would just say there's already somebody out there that like, like me that struggled before and knows what that feels like and is willing to help. So reach out to somebody that's already done what you're trying to do and ask them for help. And, and, and if you have to pay them, pay them, it's worth it. It'll dramatically speed up your learning curve. Um, to answer your last question, how people can follow me or get in touch with me. Uh, my website's themakeovermaster.com. Uh, I am on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Mike Young Makeovers. And I've got a free group, a free Facebook group community where we've got a, a foundational brand training. I've got some other specific brand strategy trainings in there. And I show up live every two weeks to do an Ask Me Anything Live. Sweet. Um, you did uh, surprise me a little bit when you shared that last golden nugget. 
because that's my usually my last question you know like before i say goodbye like now the floor is yours uh but may, maybe you can come up with you know uh something it might not even be related to what we talked about uh just you know the last information for the uh for the audience but i just want to i just want to make sure that the audience uh, knows that all the links everything will also be included in the show notes so um, if you want to reach out to Mike uh, or uh, go to his website and so on, all the links will be in the show notes, so you can look them up there. But yeah, Mike, before we say goodbye to this awesome interview, um, the last golden nugget. Last golden nugget is you have everything inside of you, all the relationships, all the knowledge, all the talent that you need to be successful it's not outside of you. You don't need a different tool or widget. You need to stop asking for feedback on, am I doing the right thing? You need to take massive action. And, and so I would say if you're not getting what you want to look inside, not outside, um, it's, it's almost always a mindset or a clarity issue. And once you solve that, the rest of the game becomes so much easier. Absolutely. You have no idea, Mike, like how much of what you are saying throughout this podcast episode are same things. I'm, I just might be using different words because English is only my third language. Uh, but what I'm constantly telling to my clients. So I, I super, super agree with everything that you've said so far. Um, and I would like to thank you. Um, I really appreciate you for uh, being my guest today. I'm looking forward to sharing this episode across all my uh, social media networks and everywhere because I think it's really valuable for, for entrepreneurs. And uh, again, thank you for being my guest today. I wish you all the best on your journey. Um, it's Friday, so happy weekend as well. Mia, thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. I'm glad to come back on and, and help in any way I can. Perfect. Thank you. Take care.